Jackson. Don't laugh! This ain't reality TV! I take this That movie stuck! Can we get serious now? It's the Fortress Film Society on The Chad Duke Show. Welcome, everybody, to the Fortress Film Society, presented by the Chad Duke Show, courtesy and at the behest, well, broadcasting live from the Fortress of Solid Dudes, presented by Monk's Barbecue in Percival, 251 North 21st Street, Percival, Virginia. Not that they need our help, but they got the best barbecue in Northern Virginia, and Tip Cow Creamery right on the top, best ice cream in Northern Virginia as well. Head on out there this weekend, have yourself everything. There's nothing bad there. Not one goddamn thing you won't like. I'm your host with the most shoot. That is Jimmy J on the ones and twos. Hello, Jester. Hey there, boy. Hey there, boy. Megan. Uh, Audible's on the fly. Jimmy's doing it all tonight on the ones and twos. That over there is Loud Goat. Hello, Goats. Hello, and good evening. It's always kind of wild watching Jimmy's fingers fly across that iPad. I would agree. It, it's it's You're never sure what's going to happen. And Porno is going to pop up at some well, point. Well, I, I mean, there is the excitement, and there's a bit of a danger factor to go. it as well. He's yeah. killing it. He's killing it right now. Donkey porno. We don't know what's going to pop up. Not on Facebook, Jim. On your own time. That's what I always say. The tube is back from uh, globe trotting, as he likes to do. All the metal and alcohol and pinball. Hello, tuber. Good to see I, you. I kind of wish that we didn't go so hard on Jim last time for thinking that Hell House was real. Oh, because this would have been. Can you Absolutely imagine incredible. if he would have thought this was a real movie? Yeah, I've did, been thinking about that the last two weeks. Did you are think? We, yeah, are we yeah, sure? That's a good point. Yeah. Go. Even though we had that conversation, Jim, like how many minutes did you spend thinking this was real? I didn't think the movie itself was real, right? But I thought the clips of the uh, the police footage around and pulling the body out of the water. I thought maybe that had been real. Yeah. Man, <laughs> is that because like it, it wasn't it wasn't shot with what you would maybe call like a movie camera? Movie camera. Uh, yeah, I guess so. The movie only- camera. <laughs> Chocolate pie, my wine. <laughs> the only thing that, that kind of tipped me off was the fact that they were just showing the dead body. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's not how that works. Can you imagine <laughs> when the Jester family finally decided we have to tell young Jim <laughs> there is no Santa Claus, there is no Easter Bunny over there. That's just a guy in a suit. I can't uh, imagine that because that never happened. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no way, there's no way he believed it. Yeah, kayfabe is forever in the Jester home. I just wish I was there. I, his, his, his wonder, though, I am envious yeah. of Jester's childlike wonder. Jester, have you seen Faces of Death? I watched that when I was a kid, like well, VHS. All right. So, what's the verdict on that one? Is that- I had to look at that like it was fake in order to be okay with that. But you think it's was, real? Is it? Oh, oh, now hold on, Jester. Is he fucking with you? Is it not real? <laughs> what about the first time you saw the Blair Witch Project? Oh, uh, that was real to me. That was what we got to well, Maryland, I was too. Say, it was I just know. in the backyard, so. Shit. Cloverfield? No, not, not, not big monsters. But that, <laughs> see, there is a distinction. Anytime there's CGI involved, that's when he draws the Thank line. Thank you, guys. But yeah, did, did anyone else notice that Jester says monsters like Stanley Tucci? <laughs> oh, no. 
What about Cannibal? Have you, what about Cannibal Holocaust? Well, I, I doubt he's. I don't even. That's know a that band, isn't it? What about sleep? What about Sleepaway Camp? There's a part at the end. Yeah. I want to know if you think it's real. <laughs> Man, that fucking thing. Um, well, anyway, it's good. I'm uh, just to watch the movie. Go watch the movie. And the tube. Watch the movie. We got two for Tuesday. We're gonna do. Also, there was um, there's a cu- couple of news tidbits that I thought maybe we could touch on cool, at cool. least this week. We get two, but uh, let's start with. My selection of 2008's horror thriller Lake Mungo weighs in at 90 minutes, actually 89 minutes. You're welcome, boys. Indeed. It's what Shoe does for you. (laughs) Um, It is an Australian psychological horror film. And whenever they say psychological horror, for me, that can go either way. Uh, usually leads a lot up to interpretation, which I'm not a big fan of, but sometimes it's also Silence of the Lambs. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, this is a found footage film that weighs in at 63% from the audience, 96% from the critics. Now, that's only 23 critics reviews as opposed to 2,500 audience, so the audience has got more skin in the game. But basically, uh, a girl drowns while swimming, and her family begins to experience crazy shit in their house uh including thinking that she might still be alive because she's popping up all over the place and um it leads them down a bit of a rabbit hole where they discover that their daughter wasn't necessarily the person that they thought that she was now what's interesting about this is this guy's never directed anything else i know huh. that's crazy kind of weird because um if you start uh, i don't go and think as hard as dotson does in the horror movie communities wherever you do that reddit message boards and the like but mm-hmm. this, this movie comes up quite a bit I've, I've heard people talking about this movie um since i watched it so I don't know. I don't know what happened to him and why he doesn't do something else. But this was a very interesting film, and uh, it's found footage, which again, I guess, is still kind of hit and miss for people. But I always, I always like it. It seems more forgiving. Um, so let's start. We'll start with two. What did you think? Two? Well, a reason that this works is calling back to what we like. One reason we like Hell Hell House LOC on the previous episode is it's got like the mockumentary format. Yeah. So you're not just sitting there watching a shaky handheld camera no. for 90 minutes. It's it really is presented like a documentary film, even more so than Hell House LLC, because there's like B-roll mm-hmm. in this one. And actually, that's something that I think really works for making it eerie and unsettling is a lot of like the the shots of the town and like the time lapses and the mountains and the lake and the dam and all of that. Uh, it 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 really works to just kind of let you you get a beat to think about what you just saw in an interview or a piece of footage with you know a supposed apparition. Things like that, mm-hmm. um, and I got to. I was I was really excited to revisit this because I think the same way Chad found it. It just like is is very much praised and talked about online, and has been for the last couple of years. I, I think it was like two or three years ago, and uh, it pops up a lot on like you know we don't we don't care for screen ramp, but those lists of like here are ten sleeper movies that like you don't know are really good. Right. This one was on a lot of those. For I a found long that time. afterwards, to your point, Dotson, of I, I would do like top twenty mockumentaries yeah. horror mockumentaries it's number one on a lot of them so it has you know a lot of clout with a lot of people that like movies yeah it's got that cult that cult following now and and i'd say maybe since like 2019 or so where around especially around this time of year as we're getting into halloween a lot of people put it over including some like reputable industry people like lee Winnell is a big fan of this and he likes to talk about it every once in a while scott derrickson a couple of those like contemporary okay 
horror guys really like to put this one over. And I think it's I think it's awesome. It comes back to I, I know we talked about this last week as well, but it's got the mystery factor, which is always really big for me as I love trying to figure out what what what's the deal here, what's going on, what are they seeing and and kind of learning it in real time as like the audience member. Uh, I, I always love when that gets mixed in with a horror movie. I, w- I would say there's two things about it that, that really speak to the things that you're talking about. The again, full marks for authenticity. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really put a lot of work into crafting this to look like a legitimate documentary. That, I think, just is another level and another layer of immersion. I think when I was watching Hell House, I never 100% lost track of the fact that I was watching a movie. There were a couple spots where I was like, oh, well, this is crazy, but I never was really completely taken out of it. Sure. And, um, but, but for this one, the, the level of immersion was very strong from start to finish, and I think you've got the mix of types of footage, uh, the interviews. Again, it's, it's a lot of what I said about Hell House, but it raised it to another level with that, that craftsmanship. Um, and I think that was that was really important to me. I call it this is not a very couth, but I call it the shithead factor. And in a mockumentary or documentary, you're not dealing with actors. You're dealing with shitheads that are just living their life and something <laughs> happened mm-hmm. around them. And shitheads act very differently than people trying to act like shitheads. Okay. In the second Hell House, there are some actors that are doing some really bad acting. And there's nothing that can really take you out of even though the plot I thought was really cool and the the gimmick was really cool. Right. Um, there's a couple of really regrettable performances in that. In this movie, none of these people really seem like actors to me. They seemed like the people right. that they were trying to convey. And that's where I like going back to the mockumentary style because if you have big, beautiful movies and Brad Pitt walks off from off, you know, on stage left, you're like, well, I'm in a, I'm in a movie. I can't suspend disbelief any longer. Um, this did a, a beautiful job of that. I think what I also liked so much is that this usually sounds like it is a pejorative, but I it was slow. Like mm-hmm. it was a, a real slow burn and a real slow build, and they used all ninety minutes. I thought really, really well to set up. And again, if you haven't watched it, maybe you fast forward. But there's some false finishes where you're like, "That's ah, yeah. we figured it out," and then no, you fucking haven't figured it out. As a matter of fact, you haven't even scratched the surface yet. Um, and that kind of burn was really, really good before. You know, we can talk about the end and what we think happened and all of that stuff. Yeah, I think that was the other the other point that really got me is that they led you down one way and then turned you around to think that it was, oh, well, it wasn't that at all. And then, oh, lo and behold, well, maybe we don't know. Mm. So you were invested up until the very end of this film, even though, like you said, it was not slam bang every 10 seconds. But there was there was something to hold your attention, even if it wasn't uh, over the top. I think one reason it is successful and, and like makes an impact with you and, and like Chad, as you mentioned, I think when you previewed it, like it sits with you for a couple of days afterwards and you find yourself thinking about it. Yes. I think it leaves that impact because it uses grief in an interesting way. Mm. And I'm not going to shit on, on uh, Hereditary. Hereditary is a great movie. But like you put these two movies together and you look at how they're showing grief and how they're using it as a tool to to have an effect on their audience this is like a lot more subdued and much more you know because it's in an interview format and i think one of the one of the great scenes in this is when they they think that maybe she's alive so they dig up her body to like run some tests on mm-hmm. it and the dad is saying you know the whole time I wish that was someone else's kid. I was pray- like I was hoping that it was going to turn out to be someone else's kid, yeah. not my kid, a murder victim, a hitchhiker, etc. And I think that is like a really cool, like honest, more relatable way to to you know have your have your audience think about grief. Where in, in Hereditary, I would say 
very effective still, but it's just like in your fucking so face. So a lot in that of screaming, movie. and it's and like it's so much that like you gotta you gotta get up and walk away. I complete, like, I, it's it's like physically distressing. It's so funny you're saying that because I, I don't. You probably didn't get a chance to hear it, but for, we were drunk the other night, my <laughs> wife and I, and she decided we're gonna watch Hereditary. <laughs> and, and I'm just sitting there. It's just like a nice warm cup of tea before bedtime. <laughs> and I mean, more milk probably would have been better. But it's it's so awful. It's it's a the thing about Hereditary that's so tough is it's such a good movie and it's so yeah. well acted that it's compelling. But it's so awful to watch because it's not a demon lurking and lurching out of a closet to peel your face back. It's like these awful human things and these this family's getting ripped apart in front of you and it's it's done really well. But you're right, Dawson. It's almost like I can't drink any more of this. I need a fucking beer. You know this. Yeah, I gotta exactly. cleanse my my palate. Um. You're right. This was a lot of the same issues, but more palatable. I yeah, would say. and 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 I think you know it, just as impactful, but in a different way, mm. um, because they're not they're not assaulting the senses with it, and you know, <laughs> and, and you know, I'm not knocking it, but yeah, this is a much easier watch, and this is much easier to go back to than than a movie like Hereditary for those reasons. But your buttons just like like, like puking on the floor, screaming, "I want to die!" Yeah. After her kid dies, you're it's like, just, "Well, what am I yeah. gonna? Why am I watching this? Like, That's, this is." hideous to try to take in that's the one time i ever like was like i'm just gonna step out of the theater for just a second to kind of like collect myself because i was like freaking out pretty bad during all of that shit yeah um what do you think there jimmy J? I enjoyed it i like the the twists and turns that it took it almost seemed like they did it so perfectly where i was on the tipping point of like i'm a little bored and then they went this other direction it was like well shit well now you got my attention all over again well captain marvel was not in this movie bastard i know troubling to say the least nobody from wakanda showed up um no you're right it was it was there was a couple of times when i was like it's you know yeah but i think the ultimate payoff we had a movie like that recently i forgot what it was where it started off real slow but by the time you get everything at the it was black phone yeah, the, the black phone yeah. was really a slow burn, and by the time you get the payoff at the end, I was fine with how long it took to get there. And I think this little this movie had a little bit of that in it. I can see that. Yeah, I didn't have quite the same reaction as far as the pacing of Black Phone, but sure. I, I totally understand where you're coming from with that. This one was definitely. I think it was they were trying to get you more emotionally invested, so there were a lot more moments where you got real reactions for this one with family members just being somber. And kind of you could you could relate a little bit more to that emotion. There wasn't a lot of histrionics at all right. in this movie. It was a lot of I could see it was just sad. It was melancholy in a lot of spots that really just draws you in and, and kinda touches you sex, in the heart. Sex in a movie's okay. Um I, I don't like weird sex and the neighbors gang banging the daughter. I, I That took quite the turn. Yes, I was like, it did. What the fuck? As soon as the mom finds the safe in the chimney, I was like, oh, this is going to be bad. Um, the part, though, I thought the scariest part of the whole movie was not the one where I think most people would believe where she sees her own face. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's we thought the, there was a ghost in the house, but there's our creepy fucking neighbor yeah. in the bedroom <laughs> crouched down. That's way scarier to me. That was just me. another complete chicane of a turn where I was going yeah. like, oh, God, is this a totally different kind of movie? Yeah. Like, did they, you know, is what kind of terrible stuff are they up to? Oh, and we saw some of the terrible stuff. And then how deep does this go? And it's like, oh, they're gone now. They disappeared off the face of the planet. We don't know where they've gone. And it's like, oh, but they were creeping around in the house <laughs> in the middle of the night to find this unfortunate tape. Ugh, ugh. Yeah, that's that's. 
the swerve in that regard. And, That's and I, another one where your yeah. misdirection is, is really strong. And I realized they needed some sort of mechanism to cause, you know, that cataclysm at the end of the movie, why she's out there burying shit in the fucking you know, desert or wherever they were, but I don't know. I, I that that it didn't. <laughs> that part didn't really fit the vibe of the rest of the movie. I thought. I feel like a black bar here and there might have been yeah, okay like, as well, <laughs> even though it's a documentary. It's what is like, happening here? Um, we can imagine what's going on here. The part where the the fucking the the footage of the ghost is fake. But there's real shit in it. Yeah. And then it full circle by the end. Wait, the ghost is also in it. Also, I love the false finish. There isn't a ghost, but there is a ghost. It reminded me of Inside Man. It reminded me of sitting around being like, "This ain't no bank robbery." Like, <laughs> why is Clive Owen digging a shithole in the back of this fucking? Like, you, you don't really know what's. There's like three different things going on. Then ultimately, it was what you thought. He was robbing the bank. But we had so much happen in between that, oh, it is a ghost movie, I I guess. There were like layers of subterfuge on there. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a really nice touch. And also the fact that they tied uh, the dream where uh, Alice went to the psychic yeah. back to the conclusion of the movie where it was, oh, she was watching her mom leave her spirit behind right. in the house. It was kind of like, oh. Well, that's a nice bow, but it's super sad. There's a lot of sad in this movie. It's just easier to build, and it's easier to build, exactly, the, the emotional stakes that comes with it when it's a mockumentary, and you can tell the story a little easier, and you can get a little more intimate with the characters and stuff like that. And I this this I didn't feel the length of this at all, and, and it is a short movie, but a lot of found footage movies can drag, even if they're right at 90 minutes, like... Um, Chad, you recommended uh, Grave Encounters. I think God off damn. the air, off the air last week. Yeah, we haven't talked about that. On I, uh, I I spent I spent some time with it, and um, that, that movie's fucked up. It is fucked up, and but that that movie is entirely told with just its its camera like point of view. There's no it drags. There, yeah, I agree with and you. It, and it does it drags because like at a certain point you have to keep that illusion up the entire time, and I think you're you eventually like neuter yourself with your ability to tell mm. stories or get a little closer with your characters. I also think that if you're going to ever do horror or action or something, or like a comedy can be funny the whole time, right? And then until Owen Wilson realizes that he's not going to get with the chick and Vince Vaughn's off with what's-her-name, and then like there's, like, there's a little bit of time where you take a deep breath. But horror, if you're just stepping on the... It's one of the reasons I don't like Saw or any of those fucking right. movies. If you're just stepping on the accelerator the whole time... It's not really a pleasurable experience, and it can feel like it can drag. And Grave Encounters, no one knows what we're talking about, but it starts off kind of funny and lighthearted, and oh, this is going to be cool, and then it is fucking horrifically brutal for a while, yeah. and you're just all right. They still can't get out of this asylum, and like, and you're just uncomfortable because it's just an awful. Yeah, you're right, but we have we're not talking about that movie. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. you got to play a ballad every once in a while. There's, I, I, I wish I. <laughs> I don't know which one it is, and maybe this is a discredit to this. I, you guys know I love Paranormal Activity. Mm -hmm. Judge away. Mm -hmm. There's one scene in one of the sequels where they're watching a videotape of the young girls from 30 years ago, and they're doing like a seance. Okay. And, and the young girl is doing the bit where she's describing what's in the room of the people that are watching the tape 30 years from then. <laughs> and it's an incredibly creepy mechanism. Like, it's an incredibly creepy vibe. I'm sure that's called something, but that happened in this with what Dottie was talking about, where she's talking to a shrink and she's like seeing something that either already happened or is going to happen. And in movies like this, what always splits my fucking wig is like, like, how does time, what is the relativity right. of, of time in this? Um, 
the the greatest example is that I, I never know the name of it. The one where the, they keep repeating the cycles over and over again, and some guys repeating a cycle that's like six seconds long. Oh, and the can, endless, the endless, where you're like, awesome movie. When did this start? When does this end? Like Oof. the positioning in time always to me is the most terrifying part of any of these movies because no one's ever gonna come after me with a fucking knife, you know, like a ghost well, mask that we know with of. a fucking yeah, know, or there's a jump de- demon. But like the idea of are we doing this again or have I done this before? Just a random, real? Oh. a random rift in the universe <sighs> trapping you in a pocket somewhere. It's yeah, like that's... A, it's walk whistling past the graveyard, like oh, that and like that <laughs> happened a, a couple of times in in this movie. It's, I thought they did it real well. It's an overused term, but like the the idea of cosmic horror that okay. definitely floats around this movie, um, and uh, almost like and, and we saw a little bit of that in Prince of Darkness too. Sure. Uh, or or the endless, or even um, some stuff in uh, Synchronic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I and, and that always works for me because it's it is something that everyone can kind of relate to. Is like you're freaking out about some level of like existence and time and something that like no one like you really just can't get a grip on something like that. Well, and when you when you get to the end of this movie, you reflect on the beginning, which is that montage of old timey family photos and old timey family photos. If you they're they're creepy kind of on their own just old-timey photos can have an air of of kind of dread to them uh but if you also know that uh in back in the day like families would prop up recently deceased relatives for family photos and that if you know that factoid watching that opening montage you're like just kind of a little more uneasy with the creepy music over it and then it all sort of ties together with the entire theme of the movie where it's that 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 missing family member but it's still there visually and you not not just in an emotional hole you've got that sort of apparition factor to it and so it's i don't know it's just like i think that's just another layer if you dig under the surface there's more to what you're seeing on the screen in this movie which is enjoyable what did you guys think of the ending there's lots of i don't generally like homework but the one one of the reasons why i wanted to watch this and take the flyer even though Dottie had seen it and i had seen it is that it did make me want to go. Well, what do other people think? The ghost. Mm-hmm. She's sitting in the house and they're driving away. You know, what does that intimate? Like, what? What did you guys think at the end of the film? I thought it was a nice button up to everything that had you happened did? before. I did. I mean, I thought it was. It raised a lot of questions for me. Well, there's there's a lot of questions, but I think what it ultimately means is that yes, her spirit is still in that house, and that they were ready to move on. And when they got the quote unquote closure in the real world that they were looking for they just kind of moved on with their lives and left her behind. And it was initially the thing that she was dreading, which is why she went to the psychic in the first place. And so it's kind of a, it's not a happy ending by any stretch, but I mean, I guess if you look at it from the family's perspective, they're ready to move on to a new, a new existence. But overall I felt like it was a, a, a fitting ending, maybe not a good ending or a bad ending, but it felt like the right ending for this movie. Yeah, it works for me because, like, going back to the idea of like grief, kind of all around this movie is like they're they're you kind of watch their their journey through through grief throughout the the doc. If you're view, viewing this as a documentary, you're watching them kind of go through the progression of grief throughout the documentary, and they're making that decision at the end to to move on, and um, you know whether someone is there or not. And, you know, 
the audience is led to believe, I guess, that there is someone still there, there, but but the family is ready to go. Sure. And they need to like start a new chapter of their lives. That's that's how it works for me. Big bummer, though, if that's the case. <laughs> yeah. I mean, very much so. I mean, there's not a lot of happy in this movie. No. Nah, for those of you that want to be like, oh, they're in a better place. We'll see them soon. Like all that, you know, that song and dance. Like that's kind of what we yeah. all want to hope. It's like, oh, you're moving away, and by the way, she's still there, and God knows what's going to happen when the new family pulls up. And it's so wild because. That one line that the father delivers in the beginning where he says, I wish I'd brought the, you know, I identified the body and I didn't let my wife come and look at it. And that feels like a mistake now that all of this other stuff has happened. Like if if they had identified her right out of the gate, the kid wouldn't have probably made the fake uh, ghost videos and pictures and the psychic probably wouldn't have gotten involved. They probably would have just gone like, well, our daughter's dead. And off we go. And they wouldn't have found out all that other terrible stuff about the neighbors and her experience in the desert. They would have been better off if they didn't find out any of that shit. Um, I was drinking while I was watching this movie. So do we know how, by what modality of uh, the, the, the face of herself in the future was brought to her? Was that ever explained in any way, shape, or form? Not to my understanding. When she goes out there and confronts it. So that's a big mystery, too. Yeah. Well, that's even worse because, like, that's an even bigger question. It's like, how the fuck do you bump into yourself, your dead self, out in the middle of it? Right, and and it wasn't a dream. She was wide awake and no, walking yeah. around. It's all that's, video, yeah. you know. Dreams are one thing, and that's where you can get into that sort of time space rift. But yeah, when you're just walking around and it's like, oh look, I captured this on a camera. That was, yeah, that was a little jarring. It's a bummer to say the least. Yeah, it is down here, but it, it's something that I recommend to a lot of people. If what the movie? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and absolutely. Was, I, that's yeah. why I was so happy when you you mentioned that you had watched it. Is because, yeah, it does make for great conversation, and I think it's unique enough compared to others that it is really worth it is really worth your time. Um, I don't know how to – tough movie to rate, mm-hmm. I think, because everything you're saying is right, Dodson. I would, um, I would definitely recommend, even if you just – it's not so horrifying, too. If you're not into horror movies, like it's a movie you can just sit and watch – and I don't think it's going to fuck up your night. Yeah, it's almost more fascinating than anything else. Yeah. yeah. We know that Tor is very, very, you know, temperamental when it comes to scary stuff. I, I think he'd be fine with this. Um, and there's good conversation to have afterwards, but it's not, you know, it's not fun. Like, no, we're going to we're going to talk about the fog. Like, I, I could sit down and watch the fog a, a hundred times. Like, that's a different type of horror movie um i i'm gonna give it a four i, I think it okay. can, i think it could be a four and a half i, I do it's, it's very good very well executed um and it feels different than a lot of i watch a lot of found footage and a lot of mockumentaries so uh i think four is a really good score for it and i, I feel comfortable giving it a four and one also that came out of left fucking field for me like i didn't know okay. anything about it so it was kind of nice to have that experience without much of a reference point absolutely um i think i would go with a three and a half uh, I'd say I wouldn't hesitate to recommend it to anyone who enjoys uh, anything that has a slow pace. I think it's a yep. little it's a little slow for some, but uh, if you're also into like the realistic dramatization of something that may or may not be supernatural, I think this is right in the wheelhouse of this. I um, some of the I, I actually struggled to to even point out like some of the production values were I, there was no shortage in that. It didn't feel cheap, um, and they maybe got away with doing some of the some of the footage uh old style footage with the old crappy video and stuff like that. i think it was really well put together again uh, not to repeat myself but i say three and a half is probably where i'd net out I'd, i would would not hesitate to watch this solid four for me i was really happy revisiting it and 
I think that's enough on its own, right? Like where if you say, I will come back to this, and then you do come back to it, and it's just as good, if not better, than you remember. Right. Uh, I had a, I, I, I enjoyed it the first time around, but now this time I think I'm really going to go around championing this movie and making sure that people are watching it because it's pretty accessible uh, online or on streaming or whatever. And um, I, I could see myself coming back to it again, you know, maybe two, three years down the road. It's on Shutter or Netflix. I don't know which one it's on. Um, but if you have a subscription, either one of those, you can access it because I remember I didn't have to pay anything for it. Jimmy, what'd you give it? Uh, I was on uh, Goat Side. I would have given it a 3.5. I had a good time with it. If somebody said, should I watch it? I would say yes. Uh, the twists and turns really kept me in the positive for, for, for everything and kept me intertwined in the story. False finishes, I kind of dig. And so uh, for that, it's, it's definitely worth you sticking with it, even if you think it's a bit of a slow start. All right, very good. Nobody needs to piss, right? It's just 30 minutes. See, we're good. Good to go. Um, Amen, you do? Amen <laughs> says, says he needs to piss, so that's the only part. Um, I don't remember. Should we stop down for that? Did I? <laughs> did we talk about, I think I just texted you guys because I was watching it. Is there any particular reason why we're talking about the fog? I had never seen it before. Oh, that's right. How is that possible? It was always something that, and I know it's been around on Prime or on Shudder, I've always known about it. I've always known, okay, it's like earlier John Carpenter and, and Jamie Lee Curtis is in it and Tom Atkins is in it. I've, I've been told it's really awesome in the movie theater. Right. I know that they normally show it around October. It's something that like I always danced around, but I couldn't tell you why it like never made it on the screen, just uh, sheer like like timing, I guess. But um, I'm glad that... But you're that, such a Carpenter fan. Like, it's, you know... I, know. I mean, that, that, that's, it's the biggest hole in his catalog for me. Okay. There's a joke to be made there. <laughs> but the wrong person is sitting in that seat, so I'm not going to make the joke. <laughs> what am I going to do? Um, go, you, had you seen it? I had not seen it before. That's surprising me, yeah. to me, too. It, um, I think it's... Uh, I, I don't... He's got a, you know... Carpenter, to me, has got like a holy trinity, and this one isn't a part of it. But right. it's, it's certainly a movie of his I like. Um, I remember I watched the first, the, the remake first. Um, oh. which I think that was 2016 or somewhere, 2014. No, that was like early 2005. Like yeah, was it early? Yeah. Well, I'm hey, talking about when I, when I watched it. Oh, oh um, gotcha, gotcha. Fucking horrible. I mean, just so ag aggressively terrible um, that I, I maybe that put me off to watching it. I, I watched it a few years back and um, really enjoyed it, but then I happened upon a, uh, that I, I tweeted you guys, a Captain Blake action figure. Yeah. For the, are they Toonie Terrors? What are those things yeah, called? Yeah, the Toonie Terrors. They're, I love those Toonie Terrors. They're, they're awesome. so great. Yeah. If people don't know what they are, they're little horror guy action figures that uh, they're not they're not like Pikachu's, but they're no, they're kind of cartoon. They're kind of the Batman the animated series That's style exactly version what they of like. horror movie icons. Yeah. yeah. And I found one out at this comic book shop in Front Royal and I uh, I'd watched the fog, I think, twice, but I hadn't in a couple of years. I said, let me go back and watch it again. Um, and I, I really enjoyed it. And I liked it a lot. And I liked Adrian Barbeau and I liked um, I, I liked all the people that you mentioned that are in Carpenter. Films and it's it's a radio movie where it's yeah. uh, the chick owns a radio station that's somehow on the top of a fucking lighthouse. <laughs> what, like what wouldn't you give for that? Gig? I'd kill. It, and then <laughs> she plays music that doesn't. I, I don't even know who's listening to it. But like, <laughs> there's a, if you guys look, if you go on YouTube, there is a really some fucking awesome so person put a playlist together. They put together all the songs <laughs> oh, and they have great. her like speaking in between them, just as like a radio station. Oh, that's fantastic. Which I think like for a Halloween party might be a really good idea. Uh, but it's nineteen. 
80 for John Carpenter, which is you like you said, Dottie, squarely in the kind of the, the beginning of what um, ultimately would be, I think, the greatest run in the history of yeah. movies. Uh, 64% from the audience, 75%, and basically. Uh, it's a remake. I, I never watched the, the OG, triple OG from it's black and white from the Oh, 50s. okay. Um, but a fog rolls in, fucks everybody and, up. And all hell breaks <laughs> loose, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you kind of, they slow play this, uh, this, this plot of something's happened in this town with the way that it was founded and... You know, they do right from the beginning. The priest finds a goddamn rock falls down and yeah. he finds a diary from someone from 300 years ago. Um, and ghost pirates. I, I don't know. I, I, I've never not liked What's ghost. What's not to like? Love yeah. ghost pirates. Uh, I love the original Pirates of the Caribbean, the ghost pirates. Um, I really like this movie. It's only 90 minutes. It's also... There, there's a part in the middle where Adrian Barbeau is just screaming into the fucking microphone uh directions for just her kids and i'm like as a broadcaster I'm like wow that's really irresponsible <laughs> you know like well, everybody, desperate times i mean you know but, i get yeah. it but the kid's not even listening you no. know so it's, it's that, that's but, actually the worst part is that the kid is not even they don't even have the radio on he's yeah. trying to answer the door for the ghost pirates the power was out at that time yeah, yeah. Well, well, well you guys didn't watch it let me get what did you what did you go what did you think first and dotty first and then we'll, we'll kind of give my reaction i that. i enjoyed a lot of this movie uh one of the things i really liked about it uh just as a specific point is that there were a lot of scenes that only featured two of the one or two of the cast members sure there wasn't a lot of on-screen interaction between all of the cast members until things started to reach end game which i thought was kind of cool like that was a nice uh not quite in a uh, kirk and khan uh wrath of khan kind of way where they never acted on set together they were never even interacting except via the phone and the radio for the most part in a lot of situations which i thought was a nice touch and it kind of added to that isolation and desperation that that the whole town was feeling as the fog was rolling in that's a good call and also you have the fact that adrian barbeau like one of the the, the, the biggest uh bombshells of all time and you know Tom Atkins isn't with her. He's with yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah. who's this drifter bra that's just sitting around to fuck him. And it's like, whoa, what's wrong with you, honey? Like, <laughs> wait, do you see the way this guy's dragging around six packs of Strohs and you get to Halloween three? I was going to say, Tom Atkins, he he managed to find a type. Man, in John I'll tell Carpenter you what, movies. God bless him. The he's alcoholic a, creep. He drunk. did well for himself. <laughs> Bare lipped in this one, though. That's jarring the first yeah, time. Very yeah. strange. You're like, oh, hang on a second. Where's the mustache? <laughs> Where's that soup cooler, you fucking pervert? This absolutely <laughs> delivered for me. It, it, oh, was, good. it was just as good as I, I figured it was. And, you know, certainly there are plenty of people who have seen it that tell, you know, have told me you're going to love this. It's it's right up your alley. It is just, you know, pure carpenter. I do like I love the scenery. I mean, I love the way and I read he he shot it in Panavision, even though it was like a very low budget, (laughs) a very low budget indie horror movie like the rest of his movies. uh, He he wanted to give that like big landscape feeling of the of the town and. And that's awesome. Like, just he, he, everything that he does is deliberate and cool, and no one else was doing it. And especially coming out in 1980, you know, it's, it's the turn of the decade, and they have not figured out what 80s horror is yet. Right. But you have, you know, you're coming off of like The Exorcist, you're coming off of The Omen, you're coming off of a crazy ass movie like Alien, mm-hmm. and Carpenter just like, there's so much confidence in what he's doing here. And uh, I think that fucking rules. And also, yeah, the cast, it's cool to see Jamie Lee Curtis and Janet Lee in the same movie, even though I don't think they share any screen time. I don't believe so. But, uh, you know, there's... there's. Well, they might be in the church together at the end. 
Yeah, because yes. yeah, okay, that's yeah. it. Because when they're rolling around together, they're rescuing her kid. They're not rescuing her. She's yeah. up on the top of the roof of the mm-hmm. the lighthouse, which was kind of cool. Um, I love the gimmick. I could watch it a million times. Fog rolls in. Crazy fucking ghost pirate bangs on the door. Yeah. And if you're dumb enough to open that fucking door, <laughs> you deserve to get skewered through the fucking yeah, heart. Mrs. Terwilliger or whatever. It's like, Dumbass. would you just leave the door closed? Please stop. <laughs> the guy that's like trying to hit on Adrian Barbeau and she, and he's like radioing her and like trying to give her like fog <laughs> tips. And then he's like, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. There's some lightning and crazy fucking guy banging on the door. Oh, there's a Spanish galleon out in the bay. I'll just open the fucking Hold door. On. Die. You deserve to die. <laughs> Sheriff from Halloween. Fucking fantastic. Yeah, fucking awesome. Wearing a big sweater. Um <laughs> it's 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 fun. Like I think it's a yeah. fun movie. Lo- I'm with you, Dawson. It's so beautiful that I looked at I always get bummed out as an, an American with it's a bit of a xenophobe. I always hate it when I'm watching uh open range. You guys seen open range? Yeah. Do we talk about it on the show? Costner, right? Yeah. Big beautiful fucking western Duval and Costner riding around rope and cattle. I Google it, I'm like, where is this? I wanna go. Vancouver. It's, it's, it's up by Alaska in yeah. British Columbia. I'm like, oh <laughs> fuck me. We're watching the the Frighteners. I'm like, wow, where is this town that's built on a hill and it's crazy? And I'm like, oh, it's in New Zealand. Fuck me. Uh, this is California. And the big swooping shots when she's driving that the whatever that SUV is she has um, up to the top where the lighthouse is. And it's kind of switch. Sw- was it switch backing? What is that called? OK, back, yeah, back and I, forth. Yep. It's just so fucking gorgeous. And then the shots of her looking out from the lighthouse onto the water. I'm like, oh, I'd like to be there. Like, this is so pretty. Is, is that the one where she's is that the scene where she's listening to the uh, the voice session where the guy's yeah, doing yeah, the imaging yeah, yeah, takes, yeah, yeah, which yeah, I just yeah. thought was a riot that just this random tape of imaging as she's driving up. And the but guy, something she probably would actually be doing. And the guy doing the voiceover is the it's almost time kids guy. Yes, from is he really? Yeah. I didn't yep. even catch that. It was That's that, awesome. That inimitable like day and night all day. It's like, Fuck oh, my guy. God, this is amazing. That guy's a scary <laughs> yeah. motherfucker. But that was a cool part, too, with like the piece of wood. And then everything starts. The water starts yeah. dripping everywhere. Um, and then even the very first part where the, the ship first comes rolling up, it's like the first time we see it. And all those guys on the fishing boat like don't know what's going on, and you just see like the eyes and mm-hmm. it's rolling in. Um, the one g- gimmick that I th- I wish the special effects were a little bit better at the end. The budget had been a tiny I mean, bit higher. Low budget movie. Yeah, yeah, I know, but just when they're finally he's confronting the pirates and they're like standing in the back of the uh, the church, when Captain Blake finally comes rolling up, his. I don't know. I was I, I had his figure up on the table and yeah. I was looking at it while I was watching the movie. I'm a fucking simpleton. Like, That's you. That's you. And I'm like, oh, he looks like his Toonie Terror looks better than he does on the mm. screen. Uh, it's still great, but like if it was just a little bit. That's the one thing about Halloween is like I'm never watching Halloween or even the thing like the fucking special effects. Well, the thing is just so a masterpiece. Good. Yeah. Um, it's a small quibble though. Yeah. Um, I really liked it, and then whenever the smoke started pouring in and nobody got it, I'm like, "Oh, you dumb motherfuckers! <laughs> Someone's gonna get sliced up." Uh, it's fun, man. It's a really good movie. I love I- the look of the uh, the hands coming crashing through the stained glass yeah. in the church with like the white light pouring in. Like he just he, he knows how to compose a shot, man, and like he knows something that's going to be like impactful and 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 really stick out and look good. And I think this is his most like unique looking movie compared to the others i think it's still very distinctly carpenter but it it is a very different looking movie than i think any of his other ones yeah the color palette is its own and it's it's, cool yeah it's It's got a very seaside feel to it just in in the way all the shots look even when you have the vibrant colors you still got that cool blue as the undertone like Mm -hmm. it's just kind of 
there and foreboding the entire time. Yeah. Where this would is, where would you guys rank it with uh, Carpenter films? Hmm. I I would put this above Prince of Darkness. Me too. But I would. I don't think it was as fun as Big Trouble in Little China. Okay. So I'd probably put it in. in, in Tough to compare yeah. those two. It also. is. It's well, and that's the thing. It's like this one is definitely a horror movie from him, and Big Trouble in Little China is an adventure movie. So Big Trouble and They Live kind of go yeah. hand in hand to me. I, and I'd even put fucking um, maybe Escape from New York in there too, just because it's so much fun. This yeah. is kind of, I guess, the horror cousin to Escape from New you York. Think? It feels like because they're kind of on that same budgetary, mm-hmm. mildly campy, but you can still be invested in what's going on on the screen. Now, the one thing Escape from New York doesn't have is an opening campfire scene with John Houseman, America's favorite old fart, <laughs> uh, telling a ghost so story to a bunch of scared little kids with a great like camera trick or a film editing trick. I'm not sure what it was when he goes. Suddenly, and the and the shot goes from wide yeah. right into his face in like a half second, and it's just in, it's jarring if you're paying the attention. The biggest goose in all the land. <laughs> follow the coin, follow the coin. Yeah, that was great. Um, in the mouth of madness is really good, but I it's, love it's, it's too scary for me. It's too scary. Um, I kind of almost feel this is going to sound crazy because it's not a good movie. Vampires. I love vampires and I love watching <laughs> that has been vampires this week. Yes. Yeah, I talked about it a lot this week and I revisited it. Um this is fun. Like I to me this is one like the original Halloween. It's it's if it is on during the Halloween season, fuck it. The TV is yeah. staying right yeah. here it's until I don't care how yeah. many commercials yeah. are running during it. It it's it's close to the top for me. Um and I'm I'm glad you guys liked it a lot. It would have been a bummer if it didn't stack up because it's also one it's not as like Dottie said a couple times. It's not as polished as some of his other very much so movies. Yeah. It you feels know? kind of it feels like a labor of love, almost a DIY kind of situation. Even though I always make reference to it, but when they're walking around at Halloween and it's the middle of spring, like it does take me out of it just a little bit. Like they're so green and lush. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I give it. Um, I hate to give it a four because I just give like Mungo a four, but uh, I'll give it a four. I'll give it a four, close to a uh, closer to a four point five, but fantastic film. I would say if you're in. The Carpenter mood, this is easily a four. Usually in that mood. Yeah, I would say that's, it's just the, you know, you can have the minor visual quibbles aside, and at one point you might kind of be waiting for the next thing to happen, but then it happens. Like, you, you're not waiting for long, and the characters are interesting enough that when they're on screen by themselves, you're still invested. So I'd say it's a four. It's above, like, I'm just, I've been thinking about all the Carpenter movies. For me, it's above Christine and Precinct 13. But probably below anything else from that run, just because some of those are just major staples for me, right? Sure. But do you like watching Christine as much over and over again? I've seen it twice. Yeah, uh, I, I do. I think Christine is awesome. Okay. Um, I, I, do, I like it, but I just it's amazing. It's not one of those ones where if I happen across it, I have to finish which it. Which is out. which is why this is above Christine, mm-hmm. and 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 I need to actually, I really need to revisit Precinct Thirteen as well. Um, talk about like a, a, a grittier, more unpolished Carpenter mm-hmm. movie, but like you know, and and I don't want to sound like I'm doing this one a disservice because it's still any of those movies are still better than most of the most of the movies of this genre out there. You know what I mean? So uh, it, it sits at a very easy four for me, and definitely in the rotation from now on. And uh, I'm sure it will be on, you know, AMC Fear Fest going into uh, October, and right. yeah, you'll definitely have that. By on the way, Ant-Man, uh, for a while, thought he had had a child with a very easy four, so that actually comes <laughs> full circle into where we are uh, uh, until the DNA test. Uh, Jimmy, did you watch The Fog? I did. What did you I, think? Uh, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I love what the 80s do horror-wise back then. 
the where they can be scary but not gruesome like most movies are now. You well, see, there was some gruesome stuff in it, though, wasn't there? I mean, you see the swords go in, but I mean, it's not the you know limbs getting chopped off sure, and okay. necks getting cut. But uh, yeah, I, I love it, and the things that even remotely looked campy to me, I thought, God, I miss the eighties. <laughs> so there's, there's nothing. Can, there's nothing about I the can movie. Appreciate it. There's nothing about that movie that that made me upset. I give it an easy four. Well, lucky you, you live in a place of the country where the eighties fashion uh, influence has never died. Thank it's God. Actually <laughs> and musical influence, you would say. <laughs> but one thing that struck me about this is it was kind of the, uh, it was kind of a cousin to Jaws. Where there was this clear and present danger affecting the town, and the local, you know, municipal leaders were like, "No, we're going to have the celebration anyway. We're just going to forge right on ahead. <laughs> we're going to unveil this tiny statue of this boat because who Fourth gives July, a shit? It'll be yeah. one of the biggest we ever so had." So it was that struck me when the Janet Lee character started just insisting yeah, that the yeah. celebration would go on no matter what. That was like, okay, I can see this is kind of a spiritual relative of Jaws in a way. I just would book because Jaws can't. You know, yeah. walk onto the yeah. land and knock on your front feet, door. Yeah. Yeah. Once you're 20 feet up on the beach, you're good to Give go. Give me now, bitch. Yeah. You're just fucking pelvic thrusting. <laughs> the funny thing is, Chief Brody was right the whole time. Like, you just don't, just to go out in the water, Rubes. Just be a coward You'll like me. Be okay. Let Polly do the printing. Like, if you just would have done that, you'd be fine. <laughs> um, oh, by the way, that dude, the deputy from Jaws, is mm -hmm. on Cameo. Oh, really? Yeah, and he did another role that is so big, and I am blanking on it now. Oh, uh, fuck me. We'll figure it out. But that guy's in another movie where he plays a character as big as the deputy in Jaws, and he's on Cameo, and I'm going to hire him at some point. I should know his fucking name. Um, did you guys have any stories this week or no? We didn't talk about preparing them. I know we want to get to your selection, but I have a couple if we just want to get to that. Yeah, sure. By all means. All right, excellent. Whose turn is it, by the way? It's Dottie's turn. It Ooh, is. Tuber. Can't wait. It's going to be some 70s fucking disgusting porno goddamn body horror well I just wait a couple weeks and i'll have my next walter hill selection <laughs> ready to go <laughs> those have been doing, warriors been doing real uh, the dog knife i don't even give a fuck how many times i've seen that don't check that out right now another radio movie see yeah. we're good to go very good um daddy we can do some weird we've had some good movies back to back so feel free to do what you do yeah. Oh, do we want to get into it now or do stories first? Uh, it's up to you. Well, I have this one. I can just we can do this and then we can give yours. Um, we've all seen it. I, I believe we all liked it. This weekend, apparently, this is from my buddy Eric Davis. Uh, there is a chance hmm. out of all the accolades, maybe this one is the most important, but it, there's a chance Top Gun Maverick will top the box office this weekend. It was a very weak box office last weekend. Oh, okay. If it does. It will have opened the summer as the number one movie at the box office in May, and it will close the summer as the number one movie in the box office in August. Has it, has that ever happened uh, before? I'm glad you asked that. Do you guys think that's ever happened before? <laughs> at the end of May, like, are we talking Memorial Day weekend and Labor Day weekend? The, the, the or, whole summer. Uh, so my guess would be maybe twice, and I would say Jaws and the first Star Wars. Okay. Yeah, I was going to put my money on Star any of the Star Wars movies, but that, that would probably be the only thing. Jimmy? I would have just simply said no. It's only happened once before. You're all wrong. Top Gun is the other Interesting. movie that did this. Well, how oh, wild is awesome. that? Top Gun. And by the way, Top Gun was, was a big movie. It was not as big as Top Gun Maverick. And it was in the heart of the 80s blockbuster years. That 84 to 87 stretch was unbelievable. Can you fucking imagine? Wow. You're number one movie in the box office, and then 12 weeks later, you're the number one movie in the box <laughs> office again. 
Like it's got it also That's the, staggering. The yeah. box office has to set up correctly. Like you need a Jurassic Park to suck, despite the fact that it's made a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. You, you needed all those Marvel movies to. It, this is a different era, you know. There's just there's way more blockbusters. Well, I think it's a different era, and the fact that people aren't always going to the movies to see things that they've seen already. Like by this time, it's available on your home yeah. theater system. It's Top Gun's know, available on your home theater system, right? But I mean, yeah. in, in 1984, you couldn't watch Top Gun at home yet. Right. You had to wait a full year usually for stuff to come home. So the fact that that has still got the drawing power. Maybe it's damning praise it's for the rest of man. the, or you know, more condemning to the rest of the lineup. But still, that's that's, wow, that's staggering. I agree, um, and it's a credit to that fucking movie. I, I've been reading all the fallout of it. Like, are we going to do a sequel? Are we going to a sequel? I think a sequel could make four hundred million dollars. Like, I think it could crush it. Trying to do anything like this it's was lightning light, in a lightning bottle. in a bottle. Yeah, yeah. You'll never ever have it again. But. Uh, it's been fun to watch that thing unfold, especially if it's a movie you like. When, like when it was Avatar, and I watched Avatar, and I'm like, "This world ain't for me." Everyone is telling me how much they love this fucking movie, and it's the worst thing I've ever seen. I, I still think Avatar is one of the biggest collective snow jobs that has been pulled on. Everybody went how, to see it because it was an experience. The movie itself is universally reviled we're not from that a technical s- standpoint. We're not that smart. Like that's true. We can't I, be smarter than everybody. I enjoy 3D movies. Yeah, but gravity. <laughs> Gravity wasn't a good movie, but technologically and visually, I think it was more stunning than Avatar. It didn't okay. make no more fucking exciting. billion dollars. Uh, this past week, boys, in case you were curious how this could happen, five to one, Beast, Dragon Ball, Super Superhero, Top Gun Maverick, Bullet Train, and The Invitation. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, I'm um, unfamiliar with The that Invitation. That was number one at the box office, so they're expecting it, The Invitation to drop off by... 60%. So it's either Bullet Train or it's it's Top Gun. It's right there. Much, yeah. Although I've heard the Idris Elba movie is good. The Lion. Be- that's Beast. I've been, yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. I've wanted to get out and see that. I have not had the chance to yet. I'm going to do a Looks- quick impression. You want to see it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is, that, is that the Lion or is that Idris Elba? I'm going to let you. Oh. <laughs> Put the poll up. Subject to interpretation. <laughs> we like to call this a hybrid impression. Uh, the invitation Sony Pictures made $6.8 million. A young woman is courted and swept off her feet only to realize a gothic conspiracy is a foot. Oh. Like you. I, fuck yourself. I have I have seen that uh, that trailer. The trailers yes. are underwhelming. Yeah. yeah. Who's in it? Is anybody in it that we know? No one of no one of note no. from what I can remember. It doesn't sound very good. Yeah, she's supposed to be invited to a wedding and it turns out she's like the victim of a weird family like murder plot or something. It's, I like yeah. weird family murder plots. Yeah. I'm into that. I think it would be something to check out at home, but not well, necessarily make time to go to the theater for right. it. What's annoying about that movie is there is another movie called The Invitation that came out like seven years ago. I know exactly what you're talking about. That is really about. fucking good. It is good. really fucking good. <laughs> and now people are going to get the two confused for the rest of time. So in a few months, we'll have The Invitation double feature Fortress Film Society and compare and contrast. I guess so. The Invitation <laughs> is like that yuppie dinner party yeah. and they start fucking whacking. That's a good movie. L- Logan Marshall Green, and I think it's... Uh, Karen Kusama. We should revisit that because that was yeah, good, and I don't think we've talked about it. Maybe that could be the B-side movie for next for next week. Yeah, I'm, get, I'm, de- I'm done. All right, I got a couple more, but uh, Dottie, if you don't mind, uh, without further ado, we'd like to know what your selection is for the next Fortress Film Society. Have you guys seen House? The oh. House or House? House. With, wait, yeah, he's got a limp and a fucking cane. Well, he's a jackass wait, doctor. What year and 86. who is the star? Well, is this the William Cat? I have not seen that one. I've seen the one, Hauza, the Japanese one, which okay. is really terrible. It's weird that you watch the Japanese version. Yeah. It's unlike you. Um, <laughs> the the 
House is a comedy horror. I have seen it. It's fucking great. Um, if Dotson was cool with me doing like Mungo, the reason why I did, I watched it. I'm not kidding you six weeks ago. And the reason I didn't is that there is a poster for the movie house mm -hmm. where there was a corpse's hand with a key on it going to unlock a door. And it was so fucking terrifying that I walked past it every single time at the video store. <laughs> but my wife and I watched it recently and I, I don't want to spoil anything. You're going to laugh balls. This okay. Is a, it's, it's a fucking funny movie. Uh, I remember seeing trailers for it when it was new and saying, this is not for me. That poster yeah. in the movie theater lobby it's yeah. had the same effect that uh, the video covered. If Dot, yeah, if Dottie is cool with it, that I've seen it. I'd love to watch this. I'm and discuss in. It. Yeah, this is has been cool? on my list for a long time, and I'm. It's Hall It's it's officially Halloween. Guys. I, like we like, are right there. I, yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm not watching anything else. Once we we talked about Hell House and we ate those fucking donuts on the last show, I said this is Fuck it. it. It's time. Fuck it. It's happening now. <laughs> Uh, it's available on Shutter and Prime. Who gives a fuck about the rest of September? <laughs> fuck you! <laughs> All horror movies. Lick them. Lick not? my balls. <laughs> what? Go. Sorry. What? I, I didn't say anything. I, I'm not co-signing that, but also, I'm all in for fall at this exact We're here! Moment. Yes, it's happening. And then it's all here! Oh, yeah. It's Halloween, Thanksgiving, and it's Christmas, and then on third, uh, December 31st, we blow our brains out! Because <laughs> fucking we'll never make it back again, ever! I know, there's always a chance. There's always a chance at the beginning of the year that we won't make it this far. And it's so, oh. so depressing. But here we are. So Let's excited. enjoy it while we're here and not think about the blowing our brains out part. Well, I can't wait to get to that part, too. <laughs> Everybody's oh. got their finish line. I'm so glad excited. you guys are on board for the movies, not the uh, suicide. The blowing your brains on out. On board. <laughs> Could not be more on board. All right, where's my music, Jester? You son of a bitch. Rat bastard, motherfucker. While we're in this uh, interlude. Please. The actor you were referring to earlier from Jaws, Jeffrey Kramer. That's him. And he is the motorist in Clue. Thank ah. you. My car broke down. I was wondering if I could use your phone. The motorist. I put my pocket. Took it out of a couple of times. Substituted, put it out of more. We're all in a huddle. Anyone's could have done that. Precisely. You don't want to fucking drop me in anywhere oh, on Clue. Drop me in anywhere. So happy. Oh. The motorist. <laughs> Everybody always remembers the singing telegram girl and the cop. They forget about the motorist. Say. Blue screening's coming back in October, I think. Get us some seats, September. Daddy. We need six together. That one's going to sell out, though. That's the problem. Is that the rubes and the boob factor is going to be high for that motherfucker. I would be steamed to go, though. <sighs> steamed to go. All right, you boys ready for some shitty news? Please. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's just movie news. I figure we can at least discuss it. Um, if you didn't see this story, feel free to guess. If you did, then feel free to refrain. Um, how much do you think Han... Solo's Harrison Ford's Star Wars blaster sold at auction from the original New Hope film. Ooh, if you had to slap a price, I was gonna say bad, the only boy. frame of reference I have is Luke's severed hand went for twenty grand back in like the really? early two thousands. And if I'd had the job I had now back then, I would own it. But uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say seventy five grand. Okay. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go an even hundred. Okay. An Italian sports car. Can I give you a little um, context? Please. Darth Vader's helmet from The Empire Strikes Back sold for eight hundred and ninety-eight thousand okay, dollars. Luke Skywalker's lightsaber sold for four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Man, I really should have gotten that hand. <laughs> 
do you not lying? You could probably <laughs> flip it. I could probably retire. Han Solo's point. leather jacket from the same film, one hundred and ninety-one thousand. Okay. So you all were off. Million dollars. I was going to say we were Fuck. off by at least a zero. Million yeah. dollars. Wow. Now, are you surprised it got more than Luke Skywalker's lightsaber and Darth Vader's helmet? Yes, I am. I that, am too. That's yeah. why I was lowballing it a little bit because it wasn't one of those items. But where, wow, who had it? Like, where was it? Was it, was, it, is it I don't know. Or a it private was, owner? It was at auction. Is what it was. Wow. Do you want me to read the description? Uh, Rock Island Auction Company. Okay. Uh, oh, they they do they do collect their firearms, so that could have been what it is too. The fact that it's a gun also makes it because they were actually auctioning off John Wayne's gun from True Grit. No also. shit. What the fuck? My parents live here. Okay. This is like a tiny ass place in Illinois. Oh, I thought you go at up the there. auction house. Head on up there. We'll rob this motherfucker, Jack him. Um, <laughs> just looks it up. Go, you, this will be interesting for you. The estimate was three hundred thousand to five hundred thousand dollars. The total fetching price was one million fifty-seven thousand five hundred dollars. So I'm guessing a pizzo was involved in the fucking <laughs> bidding up process. They were Some, betting against themselves. Yeah. Also, though, it is a New Hope. You know, I yeah. don't. To me, I would rather have something from Empire, but it's a first Star Wars movie. And I mean, Han Solo's blaster is, I know that we look at the lightsabers are the iconic weapon from Star Wars, but if you're getting into a 1A and 1B situation, it's hard to look past that one. What is the item that you think would go for more than that? One movie item. Uh, wait, of, of all Star time. Wars or of all time? All the times. Um, an actual Maltese Falcon. From the Maltese Falcon. You know why? Because they're older. The yeah. fans will be older. They're all rich. And it's uh, probably rarer at this point in time. And it's an item that was on screen. Bogart handled it, yeah. too. It's got to be something that appears Like on Hollywood screen. history to the nth degree. What about like a sword from Barbarian? Conan the Barbarian. I could see that being way up there. Or even like a Lord of the Rings sword. About a car. I think we're fucking around and not thinking about cars because mm, I think a oh, DeLorean yeah. on screen. Oh yeah. And the original Back to the Future, over a million dollars. The shoes, the hoverboard, any of that stuff. Yeah, but I think, dude, if you're gonna beat a million bucks, it's gotta be something. A vehicle. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 The car. Like one of the Batmobiles. It's gotta be a MacGuffin too. Well, that's why, yeah, that's why I would say, yeah, something from an older movie that's super scarce. Dude, they said his bullwhip from Indiana Jones and mm. Raiders of the Lost Ark, $300,000. So that's 700000 Just for some braided leather. But it's less than the blaster. <laughs> the Indiana Jones's whip. Yeah. Because if I'm thinking Star Wars, I think lightsaber and then everything else. I that's really true. do. I wouldn't be able to... I wouldn't be able to trust myself because I'd just be drunk and then I'd start running around the house. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hitting it against a wall by accident. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, you mean to own it? Yeah. yeah, it would yeah, just yeah. Feel like, I, like, I wouldn't let myself buy ha -ha, it for those reasons. Take that, reason. Darth Vader. Pew, pew, pew. Oh. It's not because I can't afford to spend a million dollars on a blaster. It's because I wouldn't be responsible. That's it. That's I the appreciate reason. that. You know, your secret's safe with me. I know you're financially well to do. God damn. Have you read the details about this new Hellraiser movie? Yeah, I'm very excited. Are you? Yeah. Good. Well, I'm not going to read the part that I just read. Well, you're not excited. Tuned. The word Hellraiser's involved, so you're automatically not excited. True. So, True. That's your baseline is no thank you. Uh, Jurassic Park, the franchise. Mm -hmm. We're going to do quizzes here, pot, uh, Hot Shot. And by the way, this is shitty of me because I have the numbers in front of me <laughs> and you guys don't. <laughs> yeah, thanks. How much, this. how much money do you think the Jurassic franchise has made in total? 
they've brought Jurassic Park back many times. That's a great point. Forgot about that. Like, they re-released it in 3D. How come they don't re-release uh, the other movies multiple times? <laughs> Jesus Christ. They're waiting you for a special occasion. You don't want that Godzilla homage in, no. the, uh, in the city? 1993, Jurassic yeah. Park hit cinemas. That would have been another one I would have guessed if we'd expanded the field for Memorial Day and Labor Day, just because that oh, was also a huge hit. That's got to be the highest grossing movie of the year. Like a month. Yeah. For oh, 93 oh, yeah, Jurassic yeah. Park. I mean, people a month and a half later were still lined up outside the Uptown in D.C. to watch it on the big, big, big Can you imagine screen? if that wasn't? Will you look that up, buddy? If it wasn't, I'd love to know. I'd love to know what the number two was. Like what could have possibly, yeah. I, I saw Jurassic Park five times in the theater. I saw it at least three. And that was and, back when I couldn't yeah. get to a theater without fucking help. If, if we're guessing number two, <laughs> I'm going to guess Schindler's List for number two. Because, I mean, it was really? cra- it's crazy that both of those it's came such out a the same fucking- year. That ain't a movie I want to see more than once. And dude, he went straight from Jurassic Park to Schindler's List. That's the thing. That's the summer of Spielberg. By the way, and Jurassic Park should have won Best Picture. Okay, so... Give me a hint, give me a hint. We were just discussing the lead actor in this movie. Tim Curry. (laughs) So hold on, 92... Was that not The Fugitive? That was 92. Fugitive? It's Fugitive. (laughs) Look at that. Forget this. Cinema Duke! Jurassic Park, uh, (laughs) number one overall in 1993, over 338 million. Second place, The Fugitive. 176. Yeah, I mean, but which like, is not bro, shabby, though. Hold not on a shabby second. at all, but hold half on. of what The Fugitive was. was based off a show from 100 years beforehand. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a hit, but it wasn't fucking, you know. Exactly. I mean, you're just showing what, what kind of a juggernaut a movie like. The, yeah. the Fugitive was a force of nature, and everyone loved that movie. Fucking everybody loved it. One Oscars. Still, still I mean, one best. Uh, I, think I think Tommy Lee Jones was nominated for Best Sporting Actor. It was nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. I remember that was yep. a huge fucking coup that that got nominated. I'm trying to remember who the fuck, who the fuck won in that movie. Was it Tommy Lee Jones? He yeah, didn't win Best Yeah, I Tommy believe Lee so. Jones, best well, he should have. He's fucking great in that movie. So, and yeah. that motherfucker still holds up. You watch that movie, it doesn't matter that it was 1992. So watchable. If you watch Witness with Harrison Ford, it's like they recorded that in 1942. Very <laughs> difficult. So how many, there's six Jurassic Park movies, correct? Oh, I forgot we were guessing this. Okay, I can give you this as a hint. Jurassic Park Dominion almost crested a billion dollars. Because I was going to... Almost. I was going to say... And then like... This much for the uh, cumulatively two point five billion for all six. Yeah, I was I was working in the theater when the first Jurassic World came out, and we showed that for like three and a half fucking months. I'm it was a big say, hit. Yeah, I'm gonna say combined at least four billion. Guess you got a guess. That was going to be my guess, so I'll one up you and say four point five billion. Well, it is some interesting context now that we know the park made three hundred thirty-three million, which of course today would probably be a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, Six billion dollars. Oh, oh. Wow! So I, I was like, "There's no way it could average a billion each movie." Could Six it? billion dollars. So I what mean, is that? Is it one of them? So the first Jurassic World had to make a billion dollars. The second one was a, it wasn't a flop, but it didn't do nearly as good. I bet Lost World made a shitload of money. I bet Lost World made as much money as Jurassic Park. It was a big deal when it came out. And I was remember still Spielberg, that. Yeah. and Jeff Goldblum was in it. I believe Ellie was in it still, too, right? Laura Dern was in yeah. it. The second, the second, are we talking about the second one? Is yeah, the, the Lost World, one. yeah. You want to hear my, uh, can I do a quick impression for you? I'm listening. Are right, you guys ready? <clears throat> the door locks. Ellie, boot up the door locks. Thank you. Well Perfect. Done. It's my Sam Neill. Jurassic Park, Thank The you. Lost Thank World. You go. 618 Holy million. Holy shit! That's double Jurassic yeah, Park! Wow. Nearly double Jurassic Park. So when I did know. IMAX start? 
Because that thing had to well, be in some of those fucking yeah, movie theaters who were charging 20 bucks back then. For Yeah, for mainstream movies, that had to have been like the late 90s, I thought, was when IMAX really started to become a thing. Because I know it had been a thing at museums and special presentations, but not for... Uh, not for mainstream movies for a long time. Because that had to be when they started cranking the fucking cash. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember it was, uh, what is it, Attack of the Clones was at the IMAX at the Air and Space Museum, and that was a big deal to have a regular movie on the IMAX. Right. right. Part three, uh, over three million, so about the same as Three million? Park. Yeah, over 300, three, 300 million, million okay. rather. 300. Part three uh, was... I, at the time, I thought it was bad, and now that I've seen the Jurassic World movies, right. interesting. Okay, <laughs> in it's not terrible. And William H Macy's in it. Like it's got a good cat. Was it Tay Leone? Who's yeah, checking yep. that one? Yeah, it's not a bad movie. It's got that Spinosaurus. It kind of catches up with some some stuff that was in the book that hadn't been put in the first two movies. So like, that's my understanding yeah. at least that there are some scenes that had been deleted. My Spinosaurus is very similar to the last impression. Or I just being did. excited <laughs> about Halloween. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is a lot of, or just running around when we're yeah. watching OVW wrestling, <laughs> getting kicked out of, of Harbor and Hops. <laughs> the fact that you know the name of the fucking <laughs> not one person in the audience has any idea what you're talking about. I cannot believe you fucking pulled that. <laughs> Thought were you reading something? I'm sorry. Jurassic World 1.6 billion. That so 1.6. Yeah, this, wow. this statistic makes just more sense. God okay, damn. Well, how much time? Let me ask you one more thing. If you got stuff in front of you, how long was the gap between Jurassic Park three? And Jurassic World, the first one. Jurassic World was 2015. Jurassic Park 3, I want to say, was like 2001. So that's a big... So that's 14 fucking yeah. years. Like, you build up anticipation. Yeah. And also, Jurassic World, I, I don't think it's a good movie, but it played the hits. It's it was, a spectacle that yeah. that you can enjoy at a movie theater, especially on the big screen. Yeah. And also, the same plot as Jurassic Park and a lot of nostalgia. It's Chris Pratt, like, becoming the biggest action hero in the world, pretty much. Um... And also, they made the they made the raptor a good guy, which I think everybody was really <laughs> excited about. I gotta say, kind of like when Godzilla did his face turn after he stopped destroying like Tokyo, that. and everybody yeah. was like, "Oh, now he's yeah. here to save us from these other monsters." Yeah. yeah, he was about to go over King Kong too. Don't act like he wasn't going to get that Roman Reigns. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, there's a part of Jurassic World, and I don't like the movie, but I have to admit this: I was in a Corolla. I don't know what the movie theater is called. Corolla, North Carolina. We said we got, I have to go see. I was big Jurassic <laughs> Park. Mark, gotta go see Jurassic World. I'm sitting there for two and a half hours being like, oh, my fucking God. What have I done with myself? There's a scene where whatever the made-up mutant X-ray levitating dinosaur that can read minds, <laughs> fuck that fucking movie. Oh, you can shoot laser beams out of his eyes. All right. They let T-Rex out, and T-Rex comes fucking charging out, and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm tearing up right now. Like, I fucking, I started, I stood up, and my wife said, sit, sit down. There are children. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> It's fucking screaming like I'm tearing up. Like the Redskins are winning the fucking Super Bowl. I I marked out so hard because he looked just the same and he's here. Aren't movies good for you, though? That isn't that, isn't that one of those yeah, things that, that makes you feel good about being at a movie? It I, felt really good. I yeah. normally hate this gimmick, but uh, I got to go to an employee screening of it. So they turned on the like the moving seats. Anyone know the Dodson worked at the Alamo? <laughs> Do they have the moving I'm, seats? Dude, I'm, I'm never paying thirty dollars for a moving fucking, fucking seat. But they were like, "Hey, it's you know whatever." All the kids they're they're showing it like the night before it actually comes out. Okay. So they let all the let I all would the, go to that forensic dinosaur family. And and I normally hate the moving seat bit, but it was pretty cool with that movie. Was that especially when when the T Rex comes oh, yeah. out? It's just shaking. Usually all over the, 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 the moving, you're shaking with the footsteps. The moving awesome. seat bit that he normally likes is that chair that's in the basement and burn after reading. That's normally <laughs> the moving chair that Dodson likes to sit on. 
Best gift I ever I'm a got. hobbyist. It moves in a very specific fashion. This is all speed rail. <laughs> I'm not set up for hard plastics. But in any case, there are there are movies that are perfect for the theme park experience, yeah, exactly. and that's one of and them. That was so. that was top tier. I fuck it. I'm going to watch that tonight. I'm going to fast forward all the way to that part. There, there's I don't even remember. Who's the chicken? Is it Bryce Dallas Howard yeah. or the one that yeah. looks just like her? Like, she fucking she knocks the big board out, and he just takes one step out. And I go, oh, my God. And then he fucks him up. All right. Um, this is horrendous. Kevin Smith. Not ours. <laughs> Happy belated. Do you guys? I love Kevin Smith. I love Mall Rats. I love Clerks. I hate the, 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 the concept of Clerks 3 where Randall has a massive heart attack and then he makes a Clerks movie. That offers me... I really am disappointed. I actually... I don't want to see that. I had actually done my normal bit where I've just stayed away from all information. Uh, I'm sorry. Then no, no, it's, it's fine. Um, it's... I, I've... Anything that brings more Randall Graves into my life, I'm, I'm willing to accept. Now, of course, knowing that he's on the verge of doom. No, no, he has the, a heart. He has, he has yeah. the same heart. Because Kevin Smith. He has Jester, the Widowmaker. Jester, Jester. Like the, yeah. Kevin Smith had the heart attack. And then fucking so Randall Graves has to have a heart attack. And then the whole premise is he's making a Clerks movie in the quick stop. I'm sure he's selling his comic books for budget and all that shit, too. Yeah, I mean, sure I, is. I feel like I've seen this movie already. And I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'll see it in theaters. I want to support Kevin Smith making movies, but... I, I I don't know. Like I just that doesn't sound like out of the movies that he's made over the last decade plus or so. I guess what was it? Uh, Red State. Red State was you know an enjoyable movie. I like, I like Red State. Um, but there were was it Tusk? I never saw. Oh, I hold never... on. Kevin Smith is working on Tusk Two, starring Justin Long. Oh, Red right on. I mean, we talk about the directors where just no one will tell them oh, no, and God. Kevin Smith is. Well, and he self finances all his stuff, so nobody looking can really though? tell him. Does no. his audience yeah. want to see Tusk Two? I never saw the reboot, the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. I heard it was. I heard very mixed things about it. I like the second. I like. I like. I mean, I guess the first. Strike one. Back is yeah, always fun. Is, is enjoyable. Cock knocker. I'm. Uh, <laughs> I'm a fan of that. There's a lot of great one-liners in that. There are a lot of great moments to to call back to. Oh, for, they're, where they're for, talking about fucking when the Jason Biggs I, and fucking Dawson yeah. are up there. My <laughs> fucker. That's all they'll ever know me as. <laughs> and then when when yeah when he's talking the the line with uh, Tracy Morgan's like I don't know what the fuck you just said yeah, little yeah, kid. Yeah. I have sent that gift to so many people in work-related conversations. There's <laughs> a lot of redeemable so things about that movie. Um, but I I have been. Waiting, I've been looking forward to Clerks 3 with open arms, uh, warts and all, even based on the last okay. few years of Kevin Smith's output. I'm, I'm willing to, again, the Randall Graves factor is right there. It's just his blend of, of snark and disregard for the population in general. I'm with you. It, but, but you're going to watch him collapse and have a heart attack. I hope you're looking forward to that. It's right <laughs> well, in the trailer. Am I looking forward to it? No. I don't like being told I'm getting old. I realize Clerks 1 was a coming-of-age film, and technically you're talking about this being a coming-of-age film, too, which is a different coming-of-age. Well, and even Clerks 2 had that, yeah, that whole, like, life is passing us by in a lot of ways. I haven't been wacky in the fucking drugstore. Not that I'm going to tell Kevin Smith what to do, but Tusk 2. I watched 10 minutes of that fucking movie, and I'm like, what what is going on here? This is not for me. I like people stretching their legs and doing different creative things, but (laughs) it's not for me. Uh, Last one, boys. uh, The Namor. Formal comic, uh, former, ugh, former Marvel comic artist, not impressed with Namor in Black Panther screenings. If you guys don't know, uh, Namor, of course, is from a city called Atlantis, mm-hmm. underneath the water. Uh, he's got wings on his feet. Uh, he is a square. He's got a flat top. <laughs> he is a square. He's got Spock ears. Um, yeah, he's definitely got a Vulcan thing going on. Yeah, he can be a really cool, really cool character. Uh, if you go watch when he becomes evil as part of the. Um, 
when the the Phoenix Force is dispersed to the six different mutants, it's uh, Cyclops and all those different guys. Um, he's at his best. They've made him. Um, I guess they've com come up with a completely different city that he's supposed to be from, and he appears to be of Aztec in origin. Okay, I think it's kind of interesting to be honest with you. I saw him in the trailer; it looks good. Here's the question I have for you. I predicted to you that Marvel was going to fucking fall in some hard times in 10 years. I think I said that it, the, the MCU would not be what it once was in 10 years. It maybe didn't happen any quicker. I think Wakanda Forever is going to be a monster. I think Absolutely. It's, I think it's going to make a billion dollars. Yeah. I'm looking at everything else, and I don't know. Maybe maybe the X-Men, they're, they're calling it mutants. I, I, I think they're going to fuck this whole thing up. I, <laughs> I, I would be willing to take a bet with anyone that I think Wakanda Forever is going to be the biggest Marvel movie we see, and then everything else is going to be below yeah, that afterwards. This yeah. is the, the drop-off. That's Fantastic great, Four. That's whatever X-Men is. That's whatever you want to bet on. That's all the Avengers movies they've announced. I think we're going to go down after that. I think one of the big problems is, especially with these properties that are, I don't want to say reboots, but they are the, the pickups of stuff that they didn't have rights to before. Right. I think they're going to be under a lot of weight. Uh, and a lot of comparison, and there's going to be some disgruntlement and, and stuff like that. I think everybody's looking forward to Wakanda Forever because there's a lot tied to it, but in the anticipatory way. Where Fantastic Four, I think everyone's going to be expecting that movie to right the wrongs of every Fantastic Four iteration that's come before it. And if it doesn't, it's going to fall flat. Right. And so I, th I think that's going to be what really ends up being the Achilles heel is that you're looking for a quote-unquote redemption story with these movies and if it doesn't follow through on headcanon or fan fiction there's going to be a mild revolt against I it. I also I think Fantastic Four falls on I think there's a reason why Superman they haven't gotten Superman right in, since Christopher Reeve and that's because the character's antiquated and they tried to update it you, when they had him snap Zod's neck and people wouldn't have it um, I think Fantastic Four they're just they don't fit they're old-fashioned there's not much to them and it, when you compare like a character like Wolverine or Deadpool or one to to Mister Fantastic and Invisible Girl, like there's no comparison. Um, so I don't think that movie is going to do better than Wakanda Forever. If they kill the X Men, who's the guy from the Kingsman that's sexy? Colin Firth. No. <laughs> it's like which one? Taylor Taylor Eger Egerton. Oh, Taron Egerton. Trinzic Chedrington. If they make him Wolverine, then we can talk about it. But. I just don't know. I think they're going to fuck that whole thing up. And then I think if you look at the fucking trends, and I spend too much time looking at this, <laughs> uh, all of the Marvel shows, when they all they say it's a smash hit, all their viewership's down. And all of their viewership drops it, hu uh, incrementally after the first episode. They're going to have a monster fan base. They're going to be bigger than everybody mm -hmm. else. But... You know. Yeah, I've seen a lot. I've seen some people make the claim that well, there's no such thing as saturation in the comic book market. There's five or ten books out every week, oh, and everybody bullshit. keeps up with that. And it's like, well, but who's buying all of those? Also, you don't buy comic. You don't know like how much bigger certain titles were ten years ago, fifteen years ago. Right, and I think that's one of the things where they there's just so much content to keep up with now, and they're all interconnected. And I know that for a long time it was easy to say. Well, you don't need to have watched everything to come into this one and get it. And you I do think, now. I think that's becoming less and less true. You need to watch is... WandaVision to fucking understand Doctor Strange. And by the way, that means you have to watch the goddamn streaming service on that app to go to a movie and watch the rest of it. I don't know, Yes, yeah, so I think there might be a little bit. The barrier to entry might be getting higher as they get more intertwined and convoluted. And that's when you get into multiverses and start to get into time travel and dimension stuff. And it's... It gets it gets very heady, and we've talked about that. That's where the comics start to leave me behind because I can't 
I just you can't keep up too with much everything. Yeah, well, and like you know, I, I'm positive that maybe not next year, but five years from now, we're gonna see Robert Downey Jr. back in one of these fucking movies. You because think? yeah, he'll be seventy. But, but I mean, he was looking but, old in Endgame. But they, but but what's stopping them? I mean, now that we're doing this multiverse, like no one's really dead shit. That they, stinks, they, though. It, it, well, I'm but not that's what I mean. Good, yeah, man. the stakes sucks. start to mean nothing but as like, well. Yeah, exactly. It, it's it's going to just become meaningless, and these these movies that we're supposed to have profound moments, yeah. aren't going to matter. So not only are they fucking up their future, they're fucking up their past. <laughs> because once Robert Downey Jr. or Chris Evans shows back up, you're going to go back and you're going to watch Infinity War Endgame, and it's not going to mean the same. Like, oh, Great. Okay. Because because you know. See you oh, in a little bit. I'll just pop yeah. in my Blu-ray of of, of uh, Avengers: Future Gangbang, and then I, I'm sure. Good. Then I see him return. I don't think it's a complete lost cause, and I think they that it can be course corrected. I think if if they get the right feedback early enough, that they can sort of keep things in check. What feedback are you talking about? Like if a movie goes kind of poof in in like if a movie completely falls on its other, face. Other than nothing's going to fall on its face, but they're all down. They're all doing worse. Dude, Feige is 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 Vince K McMahon at this point. Like he, no I don't shit. think he gives a fuck. They're also what doing anyone a fucking Eternal thinks. sequel. What are you talking about? That movie fell on its face. They're doing a sequel to that movie. It's like Raw doing great in the ratings no matter what. No, okay. Even if the even if the fan, the core fans that you're supposed to rely on fucking hate it, who cares? We're making a if billion money dollars every in. time. List well, the last five matter. movies. What one was good? But none of them. They all underperformed too, by the way. They all fucking, when you look at what other, Jurassic Park and Top Gun did, you're telling me you couldn't get that out of, I guess Spider-Man, that's not true. They're re-releasing Spider-Man. Yes. Yeah, Spider-Man that, that seems Spider to be, Man movie was, they're bulletproof. Yeah. Spider-Man movies are bulletproof. Well, and Spider-Man is generally a timeless archetype as well. Like, it's a relatable sort of story. It's for fucking kids. Says, I mean, yeah. it's, it's like the Minions. You yeah. know, you're always going to get that fucking audience. Pussies. All right, let's um, all right, that's fine. Right. We all agree to that. I knew I that. I, I knew they were all on the same page. <clears throat> Big pussy character. Uh, what do we have here? Uh, we're not doing that right now. Get the okay. fuck out of here. With time. You have terrible timing. All right, let's uh, let's wrap it up. Just you can't give me the read at the end of the show after we've been drinking whiskey and goats being intolerant. What? What? <laughs> what? Producer brain. <laughs> all right, very good. Um, all right, so Dotson, your pick is House. House from 1986, the American movie, not the Japanese movie from the 70s. <laughs> so we'll be sure to share the right poster I'm sure on the Instagram yeah, yeah you gotta be careful of that. <laughs> and not the cornball television show with the guy with the limp no alright we're good we're good on that alright uh, Goat thank you brother thank you good to see you Dottie thank you I appreciate it man Jimmy appreciate you and all of your efforts thank you bud excellent to our fine audience appreciate them as well we got any more talking to do? I mean, I could go on talking about movies and, and all this stuff all night long if you if you didn't want to stop. I'm well, good. I'm tired of talking, Dukes. I just want to go up to Lake Mungo and get drunk. <laughs> Hopefully you end up like the girl in Lake Mungo. Aww. <laughs>